welcome to the Movers Mindset Podcast, where I interview movement enthusiasts to find out who they are, what they do, and why they do it. In this episode, Teresa Vasquez Dodero describes the changes and sacrifices of motherhood, both in body and mind. She explains her initial experiences with parkour, how the community drew her in, and her views on defying stereotypes. Teresa discusses her unique perspective on risk, her studies in multiculturalism, and finishes by sharing the benefits of parkour for all ages. Hello, I'm Craig Constantine. Hi, I'm Teresa Vasquez Dodero. Teresa Vasquez Dodero is a photographer and artist and a graduate of Smith College, having studied literature as well as multiculturalism and race studies. She is also a mom of three and the former executive director of a nonprofit. Born and raised in Spain, Teresa picked up and moved to Chicago with one suitcase. Welcome, Teresa. Thank you, Craig. Nice to be here. Teresa, the first question I have is not your parkour origin story, but I would like to know, how do you see parkour either as part of your life or what's your relationship with parkour or how would you like to describe that? So I started with parkour or, yeah, describing my relationship with parkour is interesting. So my, I would describe this type of, this relationship as the most liberating body or relationship with my body and relationship with kind of like my environment that mm-hmm. I've, that I've ever had in any sports situation. So I, while I love being super active, I absolutely hate being in a confined to a gym and mm-hmm. I cannot, absolutely cannot do any of the machines in a gym. <laughs> I just, I find it, I, I just can't do it. I, I, it makes me nervous, anxious, and upset. Mm-hmm. So finding this, this place where I could run, be in a group, be in a community, express myself and do things that were transgressive with boundaries was like absolutely liberating. That's, mm-hmm. that's my relationship with parkour. And I mentioned in, in the introduction that you're a mother of three, but we didn't mention that two of your children are twins. Yes. And you had made a point of um, pointing out to me before we started recording that that pr- has a special challenge to it or like special demands. I don't want to like let the cat out of the bag or maybe put words in your mouth, but can you unpack a little bit about what it means to be a mother of twins and how that might be different than just a, a mother of just one child or even two children at different times? Yeah. So, I mean, parkour develops a, a very intense relationship with your own body with your strengths and your weaknesses, with the the way your knees are potentially a little bit weak or your ankles. And mm-hmm. and uh, being a mother is also like, you develop a very different relationship with your body as a woman. Being a mother of multiples, it's also like really makes, completely changes your body. So every step of your life and as you mature and age, obviously your body changes and you have a relationship with that particular body and and all the stages. When you are a mother, that changes dramatically, right? You've you've hosted another human being in your body. But when you're also a mother of two people at the same time and you host, you are sort of three people in one person that really, really changes your body, changes your, in my case, but in particular, I was also in bed for, a, for three months. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and so it's, it's, it's multifaceted. So there's the, the part of like your body physically changing, becoming 
the the place where where three people are growing, right. but it also like the your ability to actually move during, after, and during and after, right, and before. So that completely changes changed my body. At the beginning of the pregnancy or before the pregnancy, I was quite athletic and I was moving, you know, like any 30-something-year-olds. At the end, or 20-something-year-old, really, mm -hmm. um, at the end of the pregnancy with the twins, um, because I was uh, in bed rest for three months, I could barely walk 20 steps. So that really, really developed a very different relationship with my body and what I could do and I couldn't do. And it made me really change the way that I thought of my body and my movement. And did finding yourself, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but in finding yourself in that setback place where you have now given up your previous ability to move and your previous bodily strength, did it feel like a setback or did it just feel like now I'm in this new place where now I have two beautiful children. So it's just, this is me now. Or did you look back at who you were before the pregnancy and feel like you had lost something in exchange for the pregnancy? Like I'm curious as to the two versions of Teresa before and after that, I don't want to say difficult pregnancy, but a challenging, just physiologically challenging pregnancy. So I think it's more, it's, it's, so it's, a combination of the, the two things, the, the, your body changes physically, but also your ability to pay any attention to your actual self and, and the possibility of actually continuing to be your actual self is completely just put to the side. You know, when, you are, when you're a, a mother and when you're a parent, you need to refocus 100% from yourself to this other human being. In the event of having two children, the focus is is complete, um, and you know it, it's particularly acute when you have two tiny babies that are preemies mm. that are slightly smaller. So, like you know that you have to put yourself um, kind of on the shelf, and you'll revisit yourself eventually, potentially when your kids are, you know, a much much right. much when older. The nest is empty, right? But. So it's not necessarily when the nest is empty, oh my God, like it would have 10 more years to go, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it does, you need, you, you, you know, like things like going to a cafe and like just hanging out for a few minutes or for an hour or two are completely gone or um, being able to get up in the morning and even like showering becomes a challenge or just mm -hmm. ba very basic or eating regularly becomes a challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, you're, you need to maintain yourself healthy, obviously, because, but you are at the service of this little people human beings right. that are, so you put yourself in this shelf, but yourself is the artist, the executive, the photographer, the photographer right? right? So all of those other parts of yourself just, just become just, you know, kind of like a, a, a shelf items that you'll pick up later mm -hmm. and you do, you do know it. And that, that of course the children are amazing. Right. And just like, I mean, it feels, it, it teaches you how to love in a completely different way. Mm. But at the same time, the artist, there's a sacrifice, right? You have to make a it's choice. just there, right. You just, you can repick it later, but it's there and you, and you know, you need to put it aside. Mm. So it's just, uh, and then uh, as far as your body, your body changes incredibly 
right? And you know that it's going to come back, but it's something that it's also very, very, it's going to take a while. So it's not a project, the same as with the, the project of your children, the project of your body. It's not something that is going to come back within, you know, like a, a couple months. Right. It's it's years of, you know, I remember I went back to my to my doctor after I gave birth to my twins and I just told her, well, I would I would love to go running. I need to, you know, I feel like I'm going to explode. I would love to go running. Can I go now? And she said, no, not yet. You can't go yet. And then I looked at her. I was kind of like, really? And she just reminded me. She was like, you know, you hosted two people in your body. It's going to take a year for your body to go back, for your muscles to go back, for your legs to to be back to how they were. You can't expect it to bounce back mm. in three months or even in six months. It takes it takes time. It's it's you did a lot. Yeah. You know. So it's that type of progression that changes the way that you see everything, that changes the way that you see any project from you know, in your 20s, you think projects of like being maybe two, three months long. That's like already a massive project, that's right? That's a lot of commitment, right? This is, this is many yeah, years. 10 years. It's a 10 year years, project. exactly. Well, your children is at least 18 years, right? And they're still your children forever. And when it comes to like getting your body back, it's several years. And uh, so that, that's, that's, it's a major shift. So you found parkour after the birth of your twins. Yeah. And what I'm wondering is, can you paint a little bit of, I don't want to say, you know, tell me about your uh, personal mental state, but roughly what were you like and what did finding parkour, like what did that give you? What drew you to it? So having, having twins is the most amazing in the pregnancy was incredible, just feeling Two people inside of your body, it's like, the, you can't, I can't describe it. It's just, you either have it, have done it or not, right? But at the same time, it's the most, what was the word that I said before? I forgot. I think you no. actually said uh, traumatic. Traumatic, like the most traumatic right. thing that can happen to someone. Exactly. <laughs> Intentionally, maybe that could happen to someone. Right. So, yeah. So, it's like the most traumatic. It's traumatic for for your relationship with your partner is traumatic for your economics is traumatic for your life path. Um, uh, one kid you can almost, you know, after a few months you can put in your pocket literally and, uh, <laughs> two, you cannot. So, you know, like, uh, PhD photography things, um, just, you know, you had to like, I had to put them back in the shelf and like just maintain them in the shelf for a long time. And uh, and it's very stressful. It's this enormously stressful situation. So, you know, like just out of the stress I developed, quite an acute chronic ache in my neck. Um, so I went to physical therapy and then physical therapy was done. I still had this major chronic ache. Right. And then kind of like out of... You know, just in one of those coincidences in life, when someone told me that they had tried this new thing called parkour, which I was like, what is that? And they said, well, you know, they actually recommended it for my older son, who's extremely athletic and 
and they saw him being a little goat around and they right. told me like, this you know, this would be perfect for him. And I was like, well, what is it? And they told me, you know, to just, uh, you see that fence over there? And I said, yeah, well, you learned ways and like how to go over that fence and how to play with that fence. And then I was like, really? <laughs> there is such a thing? There are groups of people that think about that. Yeah. I think about that all the time. And uh, he's like, yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm in. One of the classes. So he told me, and I went. And I kind of just showed up at a park. And I saw Blake. And, you know, I sort of introduced myself in a very sheepish way. I mm -hmm. think that's a good way of saying it in, in English, right? Right, yeah. And at that point, my body hadn't been athletic for for mo not so much it wasn't that the length of time but in the in the middle i had made two people right. so my the, body the was the extremity of the change doesn't matter how long it was it's Correct. a huge change plus i was 3 months in bed mm -hmm. when astronauts go and they have sort of like weightless right existence for a prolonged time it's like taking away body muscle bone loss right bone loss for of like or every month is like 10 years or something absurd like that. So I had done, I mean, I was in a very, very, it was very weak. It's probably the weakest I've ever been. And I did the first class with Blake and with everybody else in the class. Um, Natalia was actually there mm -hmm. and she was like one of the other students with the rest of the group. And I literally remember we were doing quadrupedi and I was, I, I basically was licking the ground. I was so, I, I, I just couldn't even do it one round. Right, right. And at the end of the class, I just thought like, oh my God, they're, they're going to, you know, look at me and be like, and I, of course, everybody's super generous. And then when I finished, you know, right. several like minutes they after that, they're done. Is that really going to be the case when we're done here? Are they all going to like, oh, snicker and oh please God. go away? And <laughs> then you get to the end of the class and you discover they really mean it. And I don't just mean the parkour generations group where you train, just generally in parkour. That's been Correct. my experience. They're all very welcoming and they really mean it. It's not just Correct. a show. So, you know, like I just finished the class and I said, you know, thank you. And Blake said, you're coming next Sunday. And I said, Yes. Yes. I'm coming next Sunday. <laughs> oh, you really do want to show up again. Um, yeah. You had mentioned when we talked earlier, you had mentioned that parkour for you was a way of breaking boundaries or like violating the stereotypes. And I'm wondering, did you go to parkour class with that in mind? Like, I'm going to go do this thing and this is how I'm going to recover my movement. This is how I'm going to regain my own personal self. Or did you go to the class, go back the second week, go back the third week, and then discover that people felt that you were doing things differently. I'm like trying to decide is, did yeah. you go at it intentionally or did you just go at it and then realize in hindsight that it had changed you? I totally just went at it. So I read the description of the class, right? Um, my friend had told me, yeah, yeah, you can go to this thing. They jump fences. And I was like, what? right, that sounds perfect for me. <laughs> Absolutely perfect for me, right? <laughs> so... I got the website and I look at the description and it said adult class, mm -hmm. children, 14 years of age or 16 years of age right. and older. And I was like, woof, and older, <laughs> right? <laughs> I fit in there, right? I fit in the and older. So it was the first class I did feel kind of like, oh my God, I'm going to be surrounded by 14 year old boys who are like, you know, springing onto the mm -hmm. wall and I'm like, oh, you know. 
wait for me. I'm not here. <laughs> I'm going to pick on this four-inch curb over here. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was super welcome for the next class. And then I began to feel, I mean, the class, the class, the group, the community, it was mm-hmm. like you bring something to the class that is of value and it's equal or more value than the perspective of the 14, 16, 20-year-old, right? right? Who can spring on top of that that wall and without any any hesitation. Right. But your Can you have a pair of twins? Can you ability. navigate moving from one country to another? Can you navigate Correct. right? And not just that, but like, you know, can you even think about this movement and what it what it takes, right? And can you deconstruct this movement? Can you think about all of the steps that it takes. And, you know, like it just, it just was incredible for me. But it wasn't until later that I, that it became, so the, I had to really fight about, okay, I am 45 and the beginning of the adulthood is considered at 16 and I'm like very <laughs> far from 16, right? So that was, that was like, but I went to the first class I was able to overcome that, and I went to the first class and I did it. I was also a woman, so my friend who had invited me to the class was a man. So it's very different to be a man of 40, 45, 42 years old than a woman. And it's also very, very different to be a woman who had just made twins in her body and who is trying to do this this really intense and semi-transgressive thing of like, all right, now I'm going to just do this because I yeah, can and I know jump I Jump roof gaps, right? right? It, has that, it has that opinion. That so, right. So I just, I was just like, all right, I'm going to do it. And it took, you know, I, I thought, well, absolute worst case scenario, I go, it's impossible. I can't, you know, I can't live up to the expectation of the class. I can't even keep up. I can't keep them in sight, right? And they don't really want me back because I'm making everybody, I'm slowing down everybody. And then I just don't go to the next class, right? But so I grabbed my courage and I put it all on Mm -hmm. and I went to the first class. And when I was invited to go again, I continued. Mm -hmm. And it took, you know, there is later, there was the combination of feeling really good about having been able to do that transgression and being 45 and you know, mother of twins and mother of a a third little kid and being able to just do it, right? That is like, yes, you know, like putting that in a sentence is like amazing, right? So doing that, but then at the same time, transgressing all of the, all of the, 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 the conventions of being a woman, of being a mother and of being 45, 46, 47, 48, 49, right? And also, you know, like I am also a provider. So there is the risk-taking portion of it that it's, you know, partially frowned upon. So this is great because I often, people talk to me about the risk, like look at me and they're like, oh, you're a weekend warrior, you're going to go break your neck. And I find that the risk, the risk aspect of it is actually not something that really bothers me when I'm there. Like the risk is I'm going to scrape my elbow. Like when I go to class and I'm being physically challenged, I'm not worried about falling off a building. For me, the, the challenge and the all that stuff is is like the risk is all in the perception of the people who are looking at it from the outside. I don't really see that there's a lot of risk in what I do 
as a middle-aged guy. And I'm, I'm wondering, like, from your point of view, mm-hmm. do you really do you really see it as, like, there really are risks? Like, is there actually a chance of you hurting yourself and then not being able to provide? Or is it more like we, the people doing parkour, we're all sort of letting everybody else put that risk, that view of risk on us? I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, so I... I find I find the the thought of risk in in the in the people that are observing just very very bizarre. So for me, it's enormously risky to not exercise at the level of parkour and walk down the street. Not right? be able to walk because right. one, like you're not mo- most of my most of my friends, most of my women and men friends who are. Old, older than 40, if you ask them to step up um, on top of a bench, for example, or to jump over or really have, you know, like a sense of balance walking on ice, they, they just don't have it. They yeah, just, they cannot. Outside the envelope. Correct. Right. I find that enormously risky. I just think like, oh my God, like this is, this is a chronic illness waiting to happen. You're going to have chronic back pain. You're going to have chronic knee, who knows what. And I find that is enormously risky behavior. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, the same way as it's like you're not exercising your brain and, you know, having dementia and Alzheimer's, right? Not exercising your body and not being able to, to walk at the age of 65, Obviously, not to mention at the age of 40 or 50, but at the age of 40 or 50, most people can balance enough. It's at the age of 65 that all of a sudden it's like, whoa, yeah. it all goes. In bubble wrap, sit down. Or, or you need to use a walker. And that's, that's a conveniently thought of it's okay, mm-hmm. right? And so that's what I find extremely risky and ridiculous. By doing parkour, I am able to jump over two to, to, to steps and it's not a big deal. Run up the like, a, like three, stairs, three right. flights of stairs and it's not a big deal. I, I'm not a heart attack waiting to happen. Right. I'm not, you know, and, and, and it's, it, there's a relationship also with your brain, with your ability to kind of like process things, with your ability to move your body. So I think it is my responsibility as a mother, as a single mother, and as a you know, as a as a woman and a member of the community, to have a fit body and to have a fit mind, yeah, so that for, I can serve. Purpose, right. As I can I can be part of the community, you know, a burden of the community at the age of 65, 70, 80, which is you know potentially how long my body will live, right, or longer. So I think it's everybody's responsibility to not be a burden and to take care and of parkour brings you to that level. Nothing else does. I mentioned in the beginning a couple of different things that seem sort of disconnected. Like I mentioned that you came from Spain with one suitcase and I mentioned that you're studying, that you had studied multiculturalism and racism and those things are actually connected. And what I want to ask now is which of those came first? Did you start out with an interest in um, racial studies and multiculturalism or did you develop that after getting to Chicago and having shell shock at our culture? Or like, can you tell me how does that work? Yeah, so I think that all of that, and it, it's also super relevant to parkour, right? I think that there is a certain part of, of of my personality that really connects all of those dots. And that part of my personality is, one, the risk-taking, and kind of like the ability to, to just risk-taking, meaning 
not jumping from one roof to another, but risk taking us in like taking risks in life. Right. Challenging. Um, moving. Right. Correct. Moving across the Atlantic and finding things that are like really challenging and thinking like, wow, this is awesome. I'm going to do it. Right. So, so that's the type of person I am. And when it came to like race and community and connecting all of those things, it, it wasn't, it was something that I had been potentially really interested from very early on. I think I, I was, um, that person in my, in my family, the one that was just like, Mm. no, this is, we're not gonna, we're We're not not gonna gonna say racist jokes and it's, it's not okay guys, you know? And that was like just really super early on when I was, you know, 10, 12 <laughs> years old. Precocious um, is the word in English, I think. Correct, yeah. <laughs> but then I, 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 I ended up in Chicago in like a, just like in a, in a, you know, in a relatively uneventful way. You know, I had a friend and the economy in Spain was terrible. I had just worked for the Olympic Games. I had a little bit of money in my, uh, in my pocket and I was like, yeah, sure. I'm coming. I'm coming to the next adventure and the next level in my life. Mm-hmm. And and the studies about race and the kind of like the introspective thought about Spain and where our history had been and right, where, where does she and fit the, in, right? And where that yeah, where, where like where is Chicago and how does this fit and how does how come in this particular city you know, like when the police stops a car where there's a Latino, you know, the Latino person is like right out of the car. Like yep. they, it's, it's automatically they're out Standard of the car. Standard procedure, right? Standard procedure. Um, with an African-American, they are against the wall, against the car with a gun pointed at them. And I started to kind of question all of these things when I, when I, you know, when I actually moved out of Chicago, I realized that that wasn't standard procedure, that that was normal. And I began to really kind of like think about things in a much deeper level and connect some dots and, and, and see some patterns, right? And it's just become like incredibly interesting to, to be part of those thoughts and to really, really do an introspective study about what, are, what stories do we tell each other? What stories, what is the story that Spain tells of itself? What is the story that the United States tells of itself and, and how do we convert that story in some ways, right? So, so yeah, so that, and, and I think that that brought me that type of spirit of like just being a little bit transgressive and really thinking about patterns inquisitive, and inquisitive right. brought me to parkour where, you know, like it's, it's a different type of community where, where everybody's introspectively thinking about their bodies, their relationship with their community, and all of these tags that are attached to you, whether you're a woman, a mother, a mother of three, over 40, uh, under, over 40, 40 right? under 40, or or what race right. you are. And that's all, like, all connected, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I've said it a million times. I'll say it again. I'm passionate about collecting people's stories. So, Teresa, is there a story you'd like to share with us? Yeah, I would love to share a story with you that that it's actually really, really recent. And so I think I, I've told you before. I'm in a moment of I'm in a moment of flux in mm-hmm. my life, professionally, and kind of like also uh, physically moved, right? Physically, moved right? Moved mm-hmm. to a new home. Uh, I have an incredible partner. So I've been 
we've been working on all of those moving parts. And as, as, as I've had to do many times in my life, I had to kind of like, I've, I haven't been attending. Um, so I wasn't able to attend the last rendezvous very much um, to, uh, it pained my heart enormously. I was right. also just turned 50. So I wouldn't, I really wanted to turn 50 at rendezvous. Oh, yeah. But, you know, a lot of amazing things are happening to my life. So I've been going to the, the southern Massachusetts quite a bit, and in there, um, I go with my with my partner and my kids to a YMCA that has been relatively recently remodeled, and it's almost like a spa, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like a like a like a, a day spa. A day saunas, spa. It has it has saunas <clears throat> and it has and the kids love it and they have like a swimming pool with a big slide and and we can all go there and they play basketball and and on the tour they they showed us this area and she said like oh yeah of course i i still despise gyms i can't get in i just it just makes me sweat and i uh um sweat out of nervousness not because it's too hot right and i we so they, in the tour, they tell me, they showed us, oh, and there's this one area. Of course, it's empty. Everybody's in the gym doing their little mouse thingy. And then I, they, they showed us this area, and they're like, yeah, we have stadium stairs. And I was like, oh, my God, yes. <laughs> they, they, they did it. They actually figured it out. And the stadium stairs have also, they have railings. So it's stairs two different sizes of, of uh, height mm-hmm. and railings. And I was like, oh, my God, this is my spot. So I let everybody, all my kids, go and do their thing. And then I can, because I need to be in premises. They won't let me just leave them for a couple hours. I have to be in the premises. And usually I'm in the premises and I just sort of like look around and I sit, although I'm in a gym, I despise the space, so I can't even move there. So I go up and down the stairs and I looked at it and I, I left my kids and they were playing. And then I, I, you know, I was like, all right, let's do the stairs. So I was going upwards, quadrupedally backwards, up the stairs, boom, one time, up the stairs two times, up the stairs three times. And then I start playing with the railings and I could actually do, go up the, the stairs on the railing on quadrupedally. And there was, Halfway through, I don't even know at which point, but there was a guy, like a 23-year-old man, you know, fully in shape. And he looked at me. He was like, holy, that is hardcore. And he looked at me. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, do you do that often? (laughs) I hadn't even noticed that he was right there because that's that's generally an empty space. I had... You know, and and I just started to do my thing, and he was just behind something, and I, I couldn't really quite see him. So you know, like I went, I did like a little routine where like I went quadrupedy upwards, and then backwards, upwards, and backwards, and then I jumped forward the higher steps, the other side. So there's normal steps on one side of the little step thingy, and then there were really much like double steps, double height steps. On the right hand side, which is you know, it tries to make it feel like the like a stadium, and then in the middle there are the railings. So I would go upwards and up 
through the regular and, and quadrupede upwards, backwards on the regular stairs, run down, jump upwards, forward on the, on the higher steps, run down, and then go upwards, quadrupede on the railing. And that's what the guy saw who was completely in shape and at least 20 years younger than me. And then in complete admiration. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I do this. I actually do parkour. And I said, why don't you come? I, you know, we can do it together. And he said, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Quite, quite hardcore, much more hardcore than I can, I can ever do. You go. So that's my story. So as much as it sounds like the podcast is my soapbox, the actual intention is to literally give the microphone to the guests so that you get a chance to say what you want to say and what you need to say. And one of the things I love to ask is, is there anything else you want to share? Yeah, absolutely. I think that one of the things that I've been working and and then I know that that we've been working as a community is to kind of like really invite everybody into parkour. And I want to announce that I'd said it before, but I am 50 years old and I feel that my body is at a much better place physically than when I was in my 20s. And that has been absolutely thanks to parkour. It's helped me to be com feel completely liberated and completely in tune with my 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 body my ability to dance my ability to like jump and run and and be spontaneous my ability to like just really be with my lover i mean that's amazing right and i would love to invite every 50 and up year old to just come and, and join us and just really feel that age, of course, is something, but that it gives you wisdom, but it's not necessarily something that needs to stop you from, from really feeling liberated and not grounded on this half a century thing that, you, that is on your shoulders, right? So that's, that's what I would love to invite people to join me with. And of course, the final question, three words to describe your practice. Absolutely liberating. Love it. Thank you very much, Teresa. It's been a pleasure. My pleasure, Craig. This was episode 39. For more information, go to moversmindset.com slash 39. I'd love to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions. Send an email to team at moversmindset.com. If you found this episode at all useful or enjoyable, please tell your friends. And there's more to the Movers Mindset Project than just this podcast. Visit our website for more free content, to sign up for our newsletter, or to join the Movers Mindset community. Thanks for listening.